0: Welcome inside the vault. This is a collection of previously unreleased lessons from eight-figure entrepreneurial mastermind John Robbins. And in case you didn't see the warning label, this content can be explicit and is for serious entrepreneurs only. This week we're sharing a teaching from Arjan's live quarterly meeting back in January of 2015. The title of the lesson is How to Make Friends with Your Numbers. And in this episode, Arjun explains why mature entrepreneurs must get past their fear of numbers so they can clearly see what's happening in their business. Let's go to the vault. Working with Arjun is like having a shortcut to future you. Every time I can have an opportunity to spend time with Arjun, I try to take it and be a spunk. I thought everyone was crazy. You know, they were running to the front of the stage to see this person. Arjun's wearing his crazy shirt. You know, he drinks tiger blood in the morning just for fun, and he's like breathing down my throat. Sometimes it's terrifying to work with him. It's like he's looking into your soul, but it's, it's growth the whole way. Before I get to the question, let me tell you, we're just getting started. We're uh, like three minutes into the meeting. You're all like, oh, crap, what are we getting ourselves into? Um, The topic of today's, uh, the topic of this meeting is all about how to make friends with your numbers so you cannot be afraid of your numbers anymore. So let me just go on record and say, uh, there is no MBA behind my name. There's no CPA behind my name. I did not study business in college. I did not study finance in college. I did not take a whole bunch of bookkeeping courses in college. For those of you who know me, you know it's kind of like an inside joke. I'm terrible at math. For those of you, they're laughing. Um, For those of you who were with us yesterday in the tax planning workshop, first of all, I was not leading the tax planning workshop. I brought in someone who knows what they're talking about. Um, I can't do math. Right? You don't need to do math to make friends with your numbers. You don't need to do math to, to conquer your numbers and, 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 and get rid of all of the fear that you may have about numbers and math and all that kind of stuff. You have to understand basic concepts. And if you understand the basic concepts, the numbers will, will, will follow your command. All right. So by the end of the day tomorrow... I expect all of you to have a lot less fear about your numbers. I expect you to all walk out of here tomorrow with a basic budget. I expect you to walk out of here with a basic understanding that will empower you to take control of your numbers so you can bring more predictability, more control into your life by getting more predictability and more control over your business because that's what numbers empower you to do if you let them, if you make friends with them. I don't want you to run away from your numbers. Um, you all know that this is the um, a total no judgment zone. You know, if we, well, yeah, we could still probably say it. If you added up all the mistakes that all of you have made in all of your businesses throughout your entire lives, there's a very good chance it probably would not, Add up to all of the mistakes that I've made in my business, I have made a lot of mistakes, lots and lots, and lo- I'm constantly making mistakes. Um, and one of the biggest mistakes that I made was running away from my numbers for too long. And and one of the most empowering things, one of the one of the coolest things that ever happened for me, in terms of just business aside, building a multi million dollar business aside being able to live a great lifestyle put all of that aside it has been just absolutely an empowering experience of personal development to not be afraid of my numbers anymore it's amazing how clearly you can see things in this world when you when you when you can when you can get the information from a financial statement that's in there to be gotten. You can walk into restaurants and know how much business the restaurant does, you can know how much profit the restaurant does, you can know how how the owner must be living. You can spot that for a restaurant, you can spot that for a clothing store, you can spot that for a for a for for, for an auto dealership, you can spot that for a mattress sales store, any kind of a business. Once you understand some basic concepts that I promise you you will be able to understand by the end of the day tomorrow because none of this is rocket science. It's kid stuff. It's understanding basic concepts. Once you've mastered these basic concepts with a little bit of practice, it's almost like you've got x-ray vision and you can look through someone's business from the outside in and know what's going on. It's amazing. It's really fun. It's empowering. Okay, so I've got a question for you. And a question I want you to really take a minute to think about. Are you a courageous, responsible, and truthful person? Do you consider yourself to be, I'm not going to ask for volunteers, do you consider yourself to be, this is a moment for self-reflection, do I consider myself to be a response, a courageous, a responsible, and a truthful person? Just think about that. And to the extent that you find yourself lacking in your own self-assessment of your courage, of your responsibility, and of your truthfulness, and by truthfulness, I mean truthful to yourself. Because that's the most important kind of truthfulness there is. You know, you want to lie to other people. I, you know, I'm not going to say you should, you probably shouldn't. But, you know, that's not going to destroy your soul if you lie to someone else. What's going to destroy your soul is if you lie to yourself. So are you a courageous, a responsible, and a truthful person? And to the degree that you find yourself lacking on any of these criteria, how committed are you to becoming more courageous, more responsible, and more truthful to yourself? Because that's what numbers will empower you to do when you make friends with them, if you have the courage to make friends with your numbers. Okay, so just show of hands. How many of you are here for the first time? Give them a round of applause. That's a really courageous thing to do. It's a really courageous thing to enter an environment like this to to make an investment in yourself to learn about something that you don't know, what you don't know, that you don't know. And we get that question a lot from people who want to attend these workshops and, you know, invest in our programs. And basically, the the question they've got is, before I will be able to find the courage to put myself in a situation that I don't know what to expect, I first have to know everything that I should be able to expect. And essentially, what they're asking is, before I will climb to the top of the mountain to see what's on the other side of the mountain— I first have to know what's on the other side of the mountain. And here's the good news and the bad news, but I promise you I will always tell you the truth. The truth is that you will not ever know what it's what you really what's on the other side of the mountain until you get off your ass and climb up the other climb up the mountain to see what's on the other side of the mountain. No one can tell you, no one can prepare you, no one can explain to you, no one can answer enough of your questions. To substitute for you actually experiencing what it's like to be a courageous, responsible, and truthful business owner. You've got to do that for yourself. All right. So let's talk about the history of numbers. Where did numbers come from? Right? Numbers were numbers were were invented, or numbers were discovered, invented. I'm not gonna get no semantics about it. People first started using numbers. (laughs) Like 150,000 years ago. And they started using numbers to do what? To count things, right? They wanted to count things because they wanted to have a better understanding of the world they were in. They wanted to have more predictability, they wanted to have more control, they wanted to have more clarity. This is what numbers do for us. So the earliest font, the earliest indication of people keeping track of numbers is this bone that is said to be 150,000 years old, and it has, uh, you can't really see in this picture because of the shadows, but there are, there are groupings of six equally sized notches in the bone on both sides of the bone. That's 150,000 years old. That's the first financial control system, right? Financial control is not about money, Financial control is about assets. It's about stuff that matters to you. People have been keeping track of things for hundreds of thousands of years. Then we had something that's a little bit more familiar to all of us, which is seashells and rocks with holes cut in them, different, different sizes. This is really important to understand because keeping track of numbers is what allows us to live The modern life that we enjoy today with modern medicine. Where's the laser on this thing? Is there a laser on this thing? Okay. Um, Modern medicine, airplanes, boats, modern cities, cars, everything that makes civilization civilization, if you think about it, really depends on numbers. We need to keep track of things. We need to make measurements. We need to, we need to do calculations. We need to record our relationships with each other. We need to record transactions. It's all based on numbers. We couldn't have a modern society and all of the great things that go with having a modern society if someone hadn't decided to start paying attention to numbers. All right. All right. The earliest known archaeological evidence of any form of writing or counting are scratched marks on a bone from 150,000 years ago. But the first really solid evidence of counting in the form of of the number one is from a mere 20,000 years ago. A bone was found on the Congo with two identical markings of 60 scratches. I'm sorry, that's 20,000, not 150,000. See, numbers are important. Uh, Of 60 scratches and each equally numbered groups on the back. These markings are a certain indication of counting, and they mark a defining moment in Western civilization. Zoologists tell us that mammals other than humans are only able to count up to three or four, while our early ancestors were able to count further, which is a lot of the reason why people think human beings evolved. They further believe that the necessity for numbers became more apparent when humans started to build their own houses as opposed to living in caves and the like. That's because you've got to measure things in order to build something. You can't build something if you're not measuring things. You can't build a house, you can't build a city, you can't build a spaceship, you can't build a computer. Here's an idea. You can't build a business. You can't hope to build a business if you're not keeping track and counting things. You start counting things, you start keeping track of metrics, you start keeping track of numbers, you start making friends with your numbers, and all of a sudden, it becomes a lot easier to build that multi-million dollar business that you've been banging your head against the wall trying to figure out, if I just work harder, if I just work harder, if I just work harder, it's not about working harder, keep track of stuff. Keep track of stuff, and all of a sudden, the doors that you've been banging your head against will suddenly just open up for you. It's really amazing. Anthropologists tell us that in Summa in about four thousand BC Sumerians used tokens to represent numbers, which was an improvement over notches in a stick or bone. A very important development for using tokens to represent numbers was in addition to adi- was in addition to adding tokens, you can also take away. so in other words, with a st- with a stick with a stick, I'm echoing with a stick, you can add numbers but you can't take numbers away. With tokens, you can add numbers and you can take numbers away so you can keep an up count and a down count. This is pretty obvious, right? How many of you keep an up count and a down count on your revenues year to date and week by week? You'll notice it's mostly the people that have the half million dollar, million dollar businesses that are doing that. Now, they didn't start keeping track of those numbers once they got the million dollar business or the multi-million dollar business, it's because they started keeping track of the up count and the down count that they got the million dollar and the multi-million dollar business. Cause and effect. So sitting there thinking, yeah, that's fine for them, and when I get to that point, then I'll start keeping track of the numbers as a self-defeating lapse of logic. Cause and effect. Keep track of the numbers. That's going to cause the effect you're looking for, which is control, growth, and predictability of your business. And you can make better decisions, more confident decisions, easier decisions. More primitive societies never used numbers nor felt the need for them. We may ask, why then did the Sumerians on the other side of the world feel the need for simple mathematics? The answer, of course, was because they lived in cities which required organization. For example, grain needed to be stored and determined how much each citizen and determining how much each citizen received required arithmetic. More, uh, Egyptians loved all big things, such as big buildings, big statues, big armies. We all know the pyramids. They've, they developed numbers of drudgery for everyday labor and large numbers for aristocrats, such as 1,000, 10,000 and even a million. The Egyptians transformed using one from counting things to measuring things. That was of great significance. In other words, Egyptians took it from just counting to actually also measuring. That's what allows you to build things. Measuring the ROI on a marketing initiative. Measuring the profitability of an employee. Measuring the long-term value, the lifetime value of a client. You got to start measuring things. Their enthusiasm for for building required accurate measurements, so they defined their own version of one, which was a cubit, and it was defined as the length of a man's arm from the elbow to the finger, plus the width of his palm. Using this standard of measure of one, the Egyptians completed vast construction projects such as their great pyramids with astonishing accuracy what is your qubit in your business? What metrics do you keep track of? What do you measure the performance of your business against to know if the business is going up or if the business is going down? And the whole idea here is if you're measuring if the business is heading up or if the business is heading down, you can take action before the business crashes and burns or before the business gets too close to the sun and the wax melts and you come crashing down. In other words, you can start making preparations. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to tune in next week for more lessons from the vault.